And we're back. Welcome to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am also Mike handling the introductions today for what will be a very special box office report. We are going to talk Taylor Swift receipts, Killers of the Flower Moon projections, Barb and Heimer, Oscar hopes, and the box office history and the future of some Best Picture nominees. So I needed uh, two expert guest hosts to join me today and with Mike one on vacation I am very lucky to be joined by two of my favorites the BO boys aka the box office boys aka Pat and Clayton welcome fellas hey thanks for having us Mike this is yeah, Pat. Great to be here this is Clayton now they uh, know guys. and they, they'll never forget I love the YouTube, love the podcast. I love all the weekend box office recaps and previews and special guests. You guys are killing it over there. Uh, I wrote far too many questions in this Google document to continue complimenting you, but I do mm-hmm. want to tell you, I consider myself a wannabe oh boy oh, of the wannabe oh people. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, Bafo Bobo out in the wild. Great. Uh, it's, it's not working out for me as well as it works out for you on, you know, as your catchphrase in, in your you'll, sitcom here, but you'll get it. You'll get it. People are, people will respond to it eventually. Don't worry. I still don't know what meh means. I, I still don't get that. I'm just, I mean, so like I am, I am like, uh, I am not a newbie to the, uh, to the BO boys, but I am certainly, uh, I'm certainly an admirer. So I'm like Thank that creepy you. guy Thank at the end of the bar, just buying you a drink. Thank and, uh, you. Well, I mean, listen, I, I'm a fan here. We, we, you know, we met on a different podcast a year ago. That's how everyone interacts these days is, is mm-hmm. guesting on podcasts. That's, that's what friendships are now. Um, but, oh, oh I love the show. I love that you guys are so, and I say this as a compliment, so demented to talk about the Oscars for 12 months straight, <laughs> year after year after year. It is yes, an amazing amazing psychosis it's so great (laughs) well pat i mean for people who don't know the bo boys Mm -hmm. we did our show through Mm -hmm. all of covid we maybe missed one week through covid where theaters were practically shut down yes so we're illegal yes (laughs) we also have psychosis yes yes of course so So this is going swimmingly yes i think uh yeah. I think this is a this is a threesome that uh, I'll never forget, and I appreciate you guys uh, for coming on. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Taylor oh, Swift, yeah. the Eras Tour, mm-hmm. is where we got to start. I'd say. I mean, this movie yeah. grossed an opening of I think ninety six million domestically, another thirty two overseas for one twenty eight worldwide. Are those the numbers you got, Pat? Yeah, that that's what it's looking like. So right now. You know, the, the final finals we're recording this Sunday night, so that the actuals will come in sometime on Monday. So it's looking somewhere between like 95, 97. That's a deadline saying. Mm-hmm. So the thing that's up for grabs is will this movie become the biggest opening weekend in the history of the month of October, mm-hmm. currently held by Joker, Joker, by 2019 Joker, who me and Clayton consider to be, along with Leo, the biggest movie star in the world is Joker. Mm-hmm. So this is huge for Taylor Swift. If yeah. she could unseat Joker for the month of October. Yeah. I mean, this movie, this movie is gigantic. What is, what is your, have you guys been, well, I mean, for Oscars, mm-hmm. is this have any 
possibility for the Oscars? Like, what could it be up for? There's not original to the movie songs, right? No. In this, the era store of the movie? It'd have to be documentary, I'd say. But no, I, I wouldn't expect any Oscars for Taylor Swift, the Eras tour. But I would expect like an industry shift here, Clayton. I know you're kind of a big picture guy. So I'm curious if you think, you know, I mean, we just saw these these video games getting made into all these movies and how many are greenlit and Zelda and especially animated video games after Mario was such a huge hit. Do you think like every super duper music star is is now going to uh, put a concert film out there? I mean, yeah, I mean, we've seen Beyonce already has one mm-hmm. dated doing a similar thing that Taylor Swift did. So her concert tour uh, movie is going to be out uh, December 1st. I made the sort of prediction that the U2 Las mm-hmm. Vegas in that globe or dome or whatever it is that James will Dolan's. be filmed. Yeah, yep. that sphere. Will be f- it's a sphere. The yeah. sphere. That's yeah. right. The sphere. It will be recorded and released. I think it is. I mean, because you know, young people are all about experience. I mean, concerts, festivals, things like that, mm-hmm. um, and they're getting priced out of those things. So to be able mm-hmm. to have either a facsimile or be able to revisit something they'd already seen. I think that's something that the younger group will gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and Pat, I mean, this number is a bit lower than what we've all been talking about. 130 is good. It's great. It's going to be, it's going to be something that saves movie theaters after the struck September. But, you know, where do you think, this movie goes how high can it go is this a 500 million dollars is a clean half a billion does it get towards the to the stratosphere we all got a little a little greedy i think in these predictions there were also some uh some you know maybe misinterpretations or misreporting of that pre-sale number we got bad intelligence we got bad Uh, just say it pat we got got bad bad intel and we invaded when we shouldn't have and you know that that's what happened here. The AMC have been floating a hundred million dollars in pre-sales. Give it up to all day. He's been doing the work on social media. Scott Mendelson, the legendary box office reporter, saying that number was out there as a worldwide number. It wasn't the domestic number. It also was an estimate. You know, mm-hmm. AMC was estimating that. So I think the hundred million dollar, the word of a hundred million dollar opening weekend pre-sales made people think. It's going to do 150. It's going to do higher. And here's the thing. It's a concert movie that is going to do around $95 million opening weekend. This is gigantic. It's going to have the, Mm -hmm. what is it, after Barbie and after Super Mario Brothers? Is this the third biggest opening weekend of the year, right? Did anything else open to maybe Quantumania? Did it get to 100, right? So, you know, we're, we're talking... At the end of the year, it's probably a top five opening weekend of the year. Maybe Aquaman gets there. I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> you know, nothing else is going to get to 100. So this is a gigantic success. Next weekend will be interesting because it's like, is this mm. a movie that's going to go beyond the super fans? Yes. Okay. Um, or will this start to be a thing that just regular people go to see, even if they're not? giant Taylor Swift fans. There's definitely a barrier to entry for two and a half hours of someone's music, because if you don't like their music, there's not much else in this movie. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That, that does make some sense. You, I would wonder about the legs, like like you guys always talk about. However, it's all, all gravy. I mean, this was it's a 10 to $20 million budget. Yeah. And this is also, because Clayton, I'm very curious about your take here. This is also like this indie production where essentially Taylor Swift Productions you know, teamed up with Cinemark and AMC, and basically they vertically integrated this thing with, uh, I'm sure, a humongous chunk just going directly to Taylor Swift and her production company, but the rest of it going to the theaters. So the studios are kind of out in the cold on this, and the studios are being struck. We have this strike. You are a member in very bad standing, as you say, of, of SAG, SAG yes. Yes. Yeah. And oh, I'm, so many views. But I'm still wondering if you have any intel or you're hearing any scuttlebutt on the fact that maybe these Bond villain CEOs at the AMPTP maybe they are going to get some feathers ruffled by the mm. fact that these movie theaters are making a shit ton of money uh, and and it's not one of their products. Oh, and yeah. Then, and so I'm wondering, does do you think this puts any added pressure on them to, to strike a deal and get uh, back oh, to the negotiation? Oh, oh, I think so. Yeah. I think circumventing that system was brilliant by Taylor Swift. I mean, you know, banking on herself, obviously, she's the biggest – you know, recording star, probably the biggest celebrity going right now. Mm. And the fact that she was able to launch this and there's bumps. I mean, I do think the rollout was a little bumpy adding those Thursday previews out of nowhere, not playing it during the week. And now there's buzz that, Oh, they're going to play it during the week. You have to schedule this stuff ahead of time. Mm. You can't just throw stuff on, you know, now it's in on a Tuesday. People, have families they have lives they have things that they need to do they need to schedule beforehand so just like willy-nilly starting weekday showings of this midstream is bad but people will learn from this and i think this is a good beta for this sort of thing going forward and you know this is something pat has said and i agree with companies like netflix they're trying to kill theatrical Hmm. they don't want us to congregate at theaters and watch movies. They want us to all be at home, staring at the screen, being force fed their slop. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. (laughs) And I think when you have something like this, that's circumventing that, I mean, this easily, Mm -hmm. she could have taken a buttload of money from Netflix or max or HBO. Cause Beyonce did, you know, she, she's done this where she's had her, you know, plus, yeah. Disney Plus, and she did HBO, I think, at one point with Lemonade. Wasn't Lemonade HBO? Mm-hmm. And I think that was, you know, uh, uh, cable HBO, possibly. But not this TV. is, yeah, yeah, not TV, it's HBO. So this is a different way of doing things. And I love it. It does put pressure on these companies, right? It does, absolutely. Good. I'm rooting for that as well. And uh, I want to stick with you, Clayton, here, because of those that's some those are some fighting words. I love that. I love to hear that. However, my biggest bone to pick with you in a while was uh, both you guys. Like the only Ooh, thing that bothered I love me it. was coming in hot. I yeah, love no, it. I, I got it. This this like extra swift in mm. hindsight, mm-hmm. in hindsight, did we as a nation avoid a catastrophe? Because we have a lot of happy people out there. Right. This weekend, this Monday, like the, the people are going to go to school tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of happiness and joy. The exorcist believer would have ruined all of that with all that slimy, evil demon butt puke nonsense and ruined the joyous experience. Okay. 
So, so no? you think that it's tough to say because so you, I mean, it's if you think of, I am concerned with the fate of the nation here, guys. Right, you might be right. right. I, I think you are okay. right in the sense that the exorcism believer would have done better Bobo, but no, it, it's, it hurts the soul of the nation. I think this is, we're still in a battle for the soul of the nation, said our president. It's, it's tough though, for me to go along. And I totally get your point. Like the Swifties <laughs> don't want butt puke raining down on them or listening to it on the other side okay. of the theater wall. But I mean, you look at Barbenheimer and all the Kens and all the Barbies, they all went dressed up. And on the other side of the wall, there was a nuclear bomb going off. Mm. You know, and just horrific mass destruction going on. Okay. And everyone had a good time, you know, and they switched back and forth and the Barbies went to go see the 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 atom bomb and then they went back and they they danced to the, the Ken song and that worked out. And I, I think the real life Oppenheimer stuff is more horrific than Exorcist. So I okay. think that worked out. This would have worked out. I think everyone would have been fine. What do you think, Clayton? Well, Mike, I do. Uh, and we don't refer to you as Mike, too, right? I'm the one Mike right now. You're the That's one it. Mike. So you're Mike one. I'm sorry. You're Mike one at Thank the moment. You. So you. the other Mike one's on vacation. So he doesn't count at this moment. Uh-huh. I got to no, say. I agree. So Mike one. I can see where you're coming from, and I am more on your side now, seeing how terrible this movie was, <laughs> Exorcist Believer. And the the difference between, you know, Exorcist and Barbenheimer is that both of those movies were spectacular. Mm-hmm. And you've got one movie that is a Taylor Swift concert, which is if you're a fan, it's spectacular. And Exorcist, if you're a fan of horror movies and The Exorcist, it's terrible. So it's right. like even hardcores don't like it. So I do think the only way that this would have really taken off is if people understood one is fun and the other is torture. So <laughs> I'm going to have my sugar with my medicine, which is the butt puke. You'd have to go into it that way. Yeah. So yeah. you would almost have to play this as look at can you survive this experience, right? Can you survive this terrible movie either before or after you watch Taylor Swift, okay. you know, knock everybody dead for two, for three hours. Right, That's right. and I, so I think uh, the benefit here, and I've said this on the previous episode of our uh, BO boys, you can listen to that where you find all your podcasts Mm-hmm. is that the only benefit to have the extra swift is for single creeps like myself who had mm-hmm. to scrounge around to find groups if i if i were to go see um extra swift i would be completing a circuit so i would be part of something where i'd be like oh i'm going to taylor swift and then i'm going to exorcist so that's why i'm at taylor swift because i'm also doing this thing mm-hmm. and i think that is the thing that has uh we've lost without mm-hmm. extra swift is that i now have to as a single person find a group and go see taylor swift i can't just do it at once and have a cover right, to see right. both <laughs> all right, right well here's another very important question for the future of both our businesses here's the thing about extra swift it might have mm-hmm. killed it might have killed the double feature if it was if it was bad enough now i get what you're saying like okay, it could be a formative experience, a trial, a crucible, if you will, crucible. for the young women of our nation. And mm-hmm. Pat, you're right. Maybe the butt puke and the pure 
unadulterated joy would have balanced out just mm-hmm. the same way mm-hmm. that the pink and the the black house could stand next to each other on the beach like that meme said for barbenheimer mm-hmm. however the gen z's don't have they don't suffer fools mm-hmm. i don't think mm-hmm. and i would worry that extra swift might have killed what still could be a good thing right yeah the best case i mean listen barbenheimer was the best case scenario because those mm-hmm. were two great movies that everyone loved yes um so uh, you you do want the next one of those to ideally be another pair of great movies and then you could survive a couple of double features where one is great and one is terrible but then it's yeah yeah but i ideally the next the next double feature combo opening weekend is is more like Barbenheimer. It's two great movies together, which you may have had if uh, Taylor Swift opened next week with Killers of the Flower Moon. Ooh, yes. That could have been your Barbenheimer. Um, but, but what's I, the name, Pat, all the best. Don't even think about it. What's the combined name? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Killers yeah. of the Flower Swift. It's too much. It's too it's much. Terrible. It's too much. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can't figure that. My brain doesn't work that fast yeah. uh, either. So, no, it's, I don't get what you do. You have to be like Marty and Taylor. Oh, man. this We could spend the next 40 minutes, and I would still. Swift Stacy, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. Do the Swift Stacy. Score, score a Swifty. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. not as great. Like, Barbenheimer was good. Barbenheimer yeah. was good. All right. So, I'm hoping Killers of the Flower Moon becomes part of a series of fall hits here. However, mm-hmm. I'm very worried, guys, about these Debo projections for Killers of the Flower Moon. Twenty, I've seen numbers anywhere from 24 to 38. Obviously, this is a very costly film for Apple TV. Plus, mm-hmm. eventually, where it'll wind up, even though Paramount's going to distribute it, $200 million is the listed budget. Now, Marty's going on TikTok with his daughter. Yep. I'm wondering if that may boost this number at all. It was very cute, very funny. And he he came off well, I thought. Oh, uh, people I'm, love him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every bro in my life, and I'm p- part of the bros at times, they all, I got four br- literal brothers, they all want to see this movie. They want to mm. see Killers of the Flower Moon. So I think the bros will show up. But I'm wondering what you guys expect here with Killers of the Flower Moon. I mean, the thing is, it's Leo. And Leo hasn't gotten to be Leo at the theater in a while. He did Don't Look Up for Netflix and that. Mm-hmm was a hit by however a streaming movie could be a hit. But it's been since summer of 2019, or once upon a time in Hollywood, that Leo has had a chance to be the headliner in a theatrical movie, and that was a giant hit. You know, it opened to 40 million, 41 million. Right. So Leo and Marty are pretty much undefeated at the box office. I mean, you look at, you know, maybe Gangs of New York sort of underperformed a little bit, but... All of their movies have done around 100. Stuff like The Departed and Shutter Island and Wolf of Wall Street were just huge hits for movies that are not based on IP, that are not superhero, mm-hmm. that are just dramas. You know, those are giant hits. So Scorsese and Leo are hit makers. This this is very dark uh, material. But it's based on a, you know, Clayton keeps saying, based on a bestseller. This is a huge, huge book. Okay. I mean, I think that $25 million I would take as a really good opening for this. Mm-hmm. Because if you just look at the last four or five years, mm-hmm. just movies that are just dramas with adults talking to each other. You know, Oppenheimer was a phenomenon, but 
for the most part, those movies don't do business right now. So if this opens to 25 million, I think that's success. I think you got to throw a budget out the window. Okay. Like, I think the $200 million price tag, this movie's not going to make 400, 500 million worldwide. It's just not. The budget is what the budget is. Apple paid for it. Apple, $400 million for them is, you know, a month's right. worth of, of plastic that they sell. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, so I think this is a movie where it opens to 25 and if it ends up getting over that magical hundred million domestic, it's a hit. Okay. I, I like that. Now, Clayton, I, I, I figure I should just jump into the, to the over under on killers of the flower moon here. So I'll, I'll let you have at it first. I wrote down 150 domestic and then a plus another 125 worldwide for a worldwide number of 275. But I'm wondering if that's too bullish now. The Wolf of Wall Street made 406, 116 domestically. The Departed did 291. The Departed actually might be the closer comp here mm -hmm. because 26 million domestic opening on October 6th of 2007, a long march to Oscars, but by Thanksgiving, it had made 115 of its 132 domestic dollars there, million domestic dollars, I should mm -hmm. say. So it doesn't necessarily need to have six weeks or more than six weeks in theaters to make its nut necessarily. However, I'm wondering, Clayton, if you think Paramount and Apple are going to let Killers of the Flower Moon stay in theaters that long. Because I, I like what you're saying, Pat, that, you know, the budget probably doesn't matter. But still, they'd like to recoup some of it, right? I mean, they're still businessmen. And I think that's why they're doing the whole domestic theatrical priority release here working with all the distributors clayton what do you think about a 150 over under and a 275 over under worldwide well uh, 150 if it made 150 domestic i feel like that would be amazing like mm -hmm. that would be a complete success when we're talking about this sort of movie and i do think it's possible because you know we talked about Oppenheimer mm. and that was directed by a known director and auteur. It was a serious film. Mm -hmm. It brought out all ages. It brought out the history channel dads, which I think this movie is going to bring out <laughs> and they don't necessarily run out the door to see a movie, but they will go see a movie eventually. Mm -hmm. Again, Leo biggest star next to Joker Scorsese is a guy that I think a lot of young people are getting turned on to because of the TikTok, because of his catalog of amazing films. And the, the thing with Barbenheimer is that it really did open a lot of young people's eyes into actual cinema, actual mm -hmm. films, not Marvel movies, not Pixar movies, films for adults. And I think that, you're going to see people wanting to have that in their lives to be able to talk about that. And this is a movie that hits that, that like right between the eyes. And I think this is a movie that if it hangs in theaters, what family's not going to go see this on Thanksgiving? It's, it, you know, I do think this is a Thanksgiving movie for people. Good. What, Pat, you don't agree. I, listen, I think, and I haven't seen this. I got my tickets already. My wife and I are playing hooky from work a Thursday afternoon, and we're, we're seeing this, uh, you know, a 
two o'clock, three o'clock showing. I, I I think it may be a little dark to be a Thanksgiving family movie. Think of the recent years, Thanksgiving family movies. It's it feels like a lot. I, I think that's why the hundred and fifty million to me. I agree with Clayton. That would be incredible because even something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood topped out at 142 domestic. Mm-hmm. And that is a summer movie. It was about the Manson family, but not really. You know, that was a very light, fun movie, relatively. Right. And I don't think this promises that, you know, even compared to The Departed, mm-hmm. as violent as The Departed is, The Departed's like, Goodfellas. It's a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a popcorn movie, and I think Killers of Flower Moon isn't promising that. And somehow this movie will be funny because Scorsese is the greatest comedy <laughs> director who's ever lived. Like yes, well, but I don't think Killers of Flower Moon is promising you a good time. So I think one fifty domestic would be just. It basically would have to get the reviews of this is one of the best movies made in the last twenty years. You know, I the think reviews if it gets are that, good. Yeah, Pat, good. and you don't see this as the History Channel dads, the true crime moms <laughs> yeah. aren't going to want to see this movie. The History Channel dads love World War II, you know, and oh, and, I think I mean this is about World the FBI and World War One. You know, the thing is, they haven't been put the book pushed that. You know, the the mm-hmm. subtitle of the book was kills a flower moon, how the FBI formed, whatever that mm-hmm, was in the right. subtitle. This movie isn't really pushing the FBI law enforcement angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if maybe the, it, it's a different tack they're taking just with the story of the movie. So I don't know if the history channel dads are getting that kind of promise of we're going to, we're going to see how the FBI started. This book sold a lot of copies it, it to did, the history but... channel dads and they know what the book's about. And it's Scorsese. I, I listen. I'm high on this. I can't that. believe I'm arguing against Pat <laughs> yes. for a Scorsese movie. Yes, who's who? My 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 christening, not my christening, my baptism, baptism party in in Bensonhurst. Uh, we go to the restaurant uh, for the baptism, and the wall is totally burnt, burnt to a mm-hmm. crisp. And my dad asked the owners, like, what what happened here? They uh, they were filming a Scorsese movie a couple of days before. <laughs> it was Goodfellas, where they burnt out the, uh, where they set fire to the restaurant for the insurance money. They had oh, done that. That's great. At that, so listen, I'm a Marty guy. Yeah, I'm a Marty guy. You've I've dined forged. inside of walls that he he burnt to a crisp for Goodfellas. You um, have been forged in the fires of Martin yes. Scorsese, yes. literally. I, I think this is going to be a hit. I think that sort of family holiday movie is a little bit of a stretch. And I think the once upon a time in Hollywood ceiling is higher than this. Unless okay. maybe this catches fire as like, this movie is the greatest thing we've ever seen. And it's sort of like people have to see it. But I think if this gets over a hundred domestic, this is a hit in this day and age. So then, uh, you know, with this is an Oscar podcast, obviously, yes. do you think the Oscar uh you know the buzz on this where you know there's going to be a lot of nominations for this now yes. it could be another irishman situation where mm-hmm. a bunch of nominations and no wins mm-hmm. but this could be a lot of nominations and a, and i do think a few wins so uh does that help the box office at all Ultimately, I think this boils down to whether or not these movies stay in theaters and can have the legs. Like if this movie is on Apple TV Plus on Thanksgiving, 
right no bueno that's that's a big problem if this movie is on apple tv plus by christmas that's probably still a bad sign for what this box office could be ultimately it's got to stay in theaters and it's got to stay in there a while as we've seen with a lot of these you know oscar films that can have legs guys i i mean so it, 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 to get the oscars but i mean it has the built-in prestige so that's there but yeah it's got to play it for a good six weeks yeah get the get the dollars I, that way i mean if paramount is influencing apple enough they'll basically say nothing before christmas i think right on apple tv plus yeah i mean i think it's for sure going to be on apple tv plus by christmas day i think mm-hmm. i oh, i think that's be. that's a slam okay. doink and and it makes sense i mean in this in this day and age clayton and i are both we want windows we want theatrical windows but yeah. it's going to make all its money in the first six weeks so the oscar nominations will have zero effect on this box office it's going to be long out of theaters by then but I don't know if if Oscar nominations are going to affect the box office of any movies because, you know, what are the other potential blockbusters that are also going to be Oscar nominees coming out? You know, Aquaman comes out the last week of December. I don't think that's going to be in the Oscar race. Mm -hmm. So Killers of Flower Moon is possibly the last movie that could be both a blockbuster and an Oscar contender takes me into my next film here and again okay. I, i'd like to let's do the over under on it is it's the same studio or you know same mm-hmm. conglomerate there apple you got your biggest movie star on the planet guys joaquin phoenix yeah it's gonna be napoleon well, well joker's the oh, star it's joker it's joker as a character is the biggest movie star yeah, joaquin yeah, phoenix yeah. is a great actor but not a movie star but joaquin joker... phoenix justice himself is is, is does not put the butts in the seats unfortunately yeah, 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 yeah. he's got to be in that paint he's, he's got to put dancing the... on the taxi yeah yeah he's got to be yeah he's got to uh, say hey can you do me a favor Mm-hmm. When I go out there, can you introduce me as Joker? Yeah, that, that's the that. only way Joaquin will. I mean, if 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 Joaquin as Joker was Napoleon, mm-hmm. this thing would yes. be a juggernaut. Yes, that would be huge. Joker is Napoleon. That's huge. So if he paints his face, we got we got and it. Puts now on we got a hat. hat. Yeah, now yeah. we got a hit. All right, yeah. but I I still think the bros are going to show up for Napoleon. Now it's a it's late. It's late uh, November, 11-22 there. So it's going to be out during Thanksgiving. You know, this is Ridley Scott, Gladiator, Black Hawk Down. I mean, Gladiator did a half a billion. Black mm-hmm. Hawk Down did 172. Gucci did 153. I don't know what to do for an over-under here. Again, I'm probably way too bullish. Mm-hmm. But it's a $130 million budget. It's probably going to make 390 to be profitable in theaters. So I picked 350 as a worldwide number and 150 as a domestic mm-hmm. number, but that's very bullish. You guys don't sound mm-hmm. like you're with me. You sound like uh, you're unders again. No, yeah. I I might be. I I mean, I think I'm going to be bullish on this because Clayton. I think this is a History Channel dad's movie. This is war it is, stuff. But... It's war stuff. It's a Napoleon's a big guy in history. You know, he ain't <laughs> Hitler, but he's up there. He's a big yeah. history guy. He's not Hitler. He's not Jesus. Those are your <laughs> you know, Avengers of history channels, but Napoleon's <laughs> yeah. he's sitting at that table with them. 
I'm lower on this. I just mm-hmm. don't. I, I'm. I, I understand what you mean. Of course, the History Channel dads are going to see this, but I, this this is the one I see. Like, I don't think there's any interest from a younger group here. I have no interest in this film. Ridley right. Scott is a guy who, yes, has had massive success, but also had real clunkers. So mm-hmm. that Ridley name is not necessarily going to bring you know, people to this movie in the way a Scorsese would or a Nolan would or a Tarantino would. So I am lower on this. I'm going to go under that number here okay. with Napoleon. Makes sense. All the money in the world was a disaster. And then, of course, uh, the last duel, even more so. But you know what? Last duel, uh, spectacular movie. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a shame that that movie did what it did because that yeah. movie was very, very good. And it's found it's, you know, it's found its home um, on, you know, streaming and, 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 and things mm-hmm. like that. And that's your old fashioned sort of if DVDs still sold, that movie would have sold a metric ton of DVDs mm. and been super profitable. And we would have gotten more movies like The Last Duel. But we yeah. don't have that system anymore. Yeah, th- those last two Ridley Scott movies, though. Uh, and I don't know, maybe he has he done one since the he had the two 2021 movies, The Last Duel and House of Gucci came out right. like back to back. Those mm-hmm. are both movies that I think a year later, especially House of Gucci, do much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are still COVID pre Spider Man No Way Home box office, yes. And I think a year later, House of Gucci comes out Thanksgiving 2022, and that movie could do 100 million domestic with Lady Gaga. Gucci you know, does better. I think Last Duel always kind of would do what it's going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I like where we're going here because I do want to talk about kind of the changing business while also looking back at a little bit of Oscar's Best Picture box office history. And I did out a bunch of stats here. The first one I will give you guys are on blockbusters. Blockbusters have a recent trend of getting nominated for best picture we've mentioned joker a few times that was 2018's billion dollar blockbuster nominated for the most uh academy awards of 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 the group we had black panther 1.3 billion in 2019 bohemian rhapsody 900 something million last year after the pandemic ends boom here we go two other tent poles avatar the way of water the highest grossing film of that year and top gun maverick and look, this year we already got Barbenheimer, one point mm-hmm. four billion for Barbie, nine hundred forty million and counting for Oppenheimer. So clearly, the Academy has wanted more popular films. They they almost uh, made a best popular film category in its own right, and film Twitter came out with all the torches and pitchforks. But I mean, the attentions are clear, and I think with the declining uh, TV ratings for the Oscars broadcast. There's a hard 10 in Best Picture for a reason. They're nominating all of these, you know, critically acclaimed and box officely successful. I used your term as an adverb there. Yes, I did. Uh, but we have also, you know, we have also talked about this throughout. Like, Mike and I wonder if there's then a backlash on these movies from winning the Oscars because, like, all right, the money's the kind of prize at the end of the day. So I'm wondering what you think about that for Barbenheimer, but I wonder if you think that the industry is going to continue to do this, nominate these heavy hitters, nominate these billion-dollar tentpoles for Academy Awards going forward, and uh, it's got to help, right? A lot of these movies get nominated, Mm -hmm. but by the time you get to the telecast, you know, and, and, and people like us are out there 
prognosticating, especially, you know, you and Mike are out there with this show and telling people who's got a chance to win. By the time you get to the show, the audience knows those blockbusters are not actually going to win Best Picture for the most part. So it's like the year Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture, mm-hmm. everyone knew it was either Green Book or Roma. You know, those are the only two that could have won that year. Except and for my co-host, I'm sorry, Mike uh, throwing him thought, under the bus. I think, he did. He he, he, he stuck that, on yeah. Black Panther for a while. He was hopeful, right? But but, yeah. but for the most part, that was not a serious contender to win. And no, you know, no. last year, Avatar was nominated for Best Picture. Right, had no chance of winning. Top Gun no. Maverick was nominated for Best Picture, but had no chance of winning. So you know, if we're talking viewers, people are not going to watch the Oscars just because Maverick's nominated if they have a sense that it's the 10th most likely movie to win. I think mm-hmm. this year is different because Oppenheimer is, I would, I mean, you tell us Oppenheimer feels like the favorite today yeah. and maybe kills or flower moon could unseat that as a favor and kills or flower moon will probably be a somewhat successful theatrical movie. It's not going to bomb. So you, you actually could have movies that are hits that are also could win best picture or not going to just lose to the indie movie. The the biggest difference I would say is that Oppenheimer is definitely the front runner, but mm-hmm. the favorite and front runner are very due to two different things mm-hmm. in the Oscars world. And I fear that it's more front runner than favorite, but yeah, you might be right. Maybe it's just going to go the distance or maybe it gets relegated to just best director and Chris Nolan gets his trophy, but they're going to go with American fiction or something else at the end of the day. But yeah, Clayton, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, you guys have said it kind of uh, here is that they get nominated, but they never win. I mean, the closest thing to a uh, a blockbuster, not even a blockbuster, but a box office hit that's won in the last few years is everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. And um, that did not make, you know, that didn't make the kind of money Maverick or Avatar. Did. No, it was an indie hit. Sure. Yeah. Right. And so I do think, yeah, that's the thing with the thing with the Academy we always talk about and Pat touched on it is like. Do you want viewers or do you want to be this respected body that looks at art movies and independent movies mm-hmm. as the thing in cinema? And it used to be you could have both because you could have movies that were a smaller budgeted movie that could be blockbusters and then win Oscars. You don't have that now. You have either Barbie or you have Anatomy of the Fall, right? Or Anatomy mm-hmm. of a Fall. So it's like, you know, you have past lives. You have that's the thing, right? There's no, there's nothing really in between there. So I do think they have an opportunity to get viewers this, this year, if they want to, by actually nominating movies that are box office blockbusters that made Bafa Bobo and also critically acclaimed, you know, you got Barbie, you got um, Oppenheimer killers of the flower moon. We can argue about how much it's going to make, you know, Pat saying it's going to be a bomb, but, well, no, that I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's going to be a hit. It's okay, Pat. I'm talking. So there's a there's a there's enough, uh, you know, there's enough of those that it at at you know the weekend before, if people are putting money in Vegas on those three movies, that is a benefit to everything theatrical because Apple said we're putting this in the theater, right? Mm, uh, mm. It's a benefit to the Academy because then people will watch their show. And so if they do that this year, that's big. But then if at the end of the day, we're talking about, you know, 
tiny indie films leading the charge here. Good for them. Good for them. But, but yeah, but not good for, you know, show business, the, the, the show biz, <laughs> show business and the actual show. That is the Oscars. Right. Right. Barbie has to be nominated for best picture in a serious way. Greta Gerwig has to get the best director nomination so that people do feel like Barbie could win best picture. I think even more than some of the best picture nominations, her being nominated for director Mm -hmm. is very important and not in terms of just quotas or anything like that. In terms of ratings, in terms of, letting people know Barbie is a contender because she got the director nom nom nom. So I think that's hugely mm-hmm. important because it, it would be a shock if Barbie doesn't get the best picture nomination, but that nomination would feel, I think, worthless as a real contender if she doesn't get director. And, well, and I think you need to have yeah. Gosling in in supporting actor. And I Robbie, think, yeah. And Robbie in best actress. As, yeah. as best actress. And you gotta have Gosling up there on stage singing the Ken song. You yeah, have to. It can't get bumped by a Diane Warren song from a documentary <laughs> that nobody watched. I'm yeah. sorry. It can't. Uh, I love her, but it can't. And I know it's a running thing. She's the mm-hmm. Susan Lucci. Susan Lucci finally got one, mm-hmm. you know, and now she can rest in peace. I think Diane Warren, let's just get it over with at some point, but not this year. Not this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you, so Mike, wh- what are the, the, the possible spoilers for the Oscar blockbusters? Like, is there a consensus, you know, when this movie and, and I've heard American fiction could be the one yeah. or anatomy of the fall, like, is there starting to feel like, like people are gonna, gonna congeal around a, a tiny movie this year or maybe I, they won't. I would sprinkle, I would sprinkle on American fiction, the holdovers, mm. and Love well, that. that's probably it. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall is probably not winning Best Picture, even though I loved it. The what about uh, what yeah. about Lanthimos? What about the Emma Stone and it's, Yurgos? I I liked it a lot, and yet I think the the whole middle hour is just one sex scene after another. I think. Okay. The pearl okay. clutchers, the pearl okay. clutchers will clutch. Now, okay. I want to get to these films and and do the over under thing with you guys, kind of a rapid fire to way way to end this episode. Uh, but I'm I'm really glad at where we're going here because I'm I've been asking myself a lot of questions about where Best Picture box office is going, and I did this historical mm-hmm. statistical look here. So maybe if you let me cook a minute, I can oh. try to explain. You cook, myself. we'll eat. Go cook for it. it. <laughs> so. Uh, I've been kind of chipping away at this study for a while, and I basically wrote out the grosses and the budgets for all of the Best Picture noms since 2010. And I wanted to prove to myself and to you boys and to God that one of or both of these things are true. Number one, moneymakers get Oscar nominated. It matters. Box office matters to the Oscar nomination at the end of the day. And, mm-hmm. and, and or number two, the award season box office bump is very real. Now, obviously, that's more of a pre-pandemic longer windows thing than it is now. However, I do think Best Picture Prestige 
could be a booster and that mm-hmm. may show up here for Marty and, and Napoleon. We'll see. So in the 10 years prior to the pandemic, that's 2010 to 2019, there were 83 out of 86. There were 86 nominees, 83 out of the 86 were non-streaming. So there's three streaming nominees, mm-hmm. 70 of those 83 grossed at least three times their production budgets. They were profitable by all counts. 78 of those 83 made at least 2x of the list of budgets. And you could conceivably say, according to all of the uh, reports that we've been getting and reading and all the coverage of all the different windowing on VOD, P- Blu-ray, etc. You know, Matt Bellany of the town did a big thing on that, talking to some suits, and they were explaining how these movies make money for years and years and years and decades beyond you know, just selling to Showtime and all the different uh, windowing options they do uh, for for decades after the film's released. So you could make an argument that 2X in theaters can easily become 3X in five years. Mm-hmm. And these properties are valuable. So 78, again, 78 of those 83s are, are profitable. And taking into account the 12 years overall, 20 Bex picture noms were at least 10X or better of the budget. That's that's huge profits. 54 of the 102 non-streaming best picture noms in the 12 years were 5x or better. That's more than half. 5 times your budget in theaters. More than half of those movies, 5 times your budget in theaters. That's big. And then the average best picture multiplier for the winner of the Academy Award uh is 11.33 times the production budget so i'm dying to know what you guys think of these stats i'm dying to know if you think this is just pre-pandemic or if you think we will perhaps get back to some of these trends again with the future and maybe with this season with a lot of these films that have the prestige maybe like an american fiction or the holdovers or killers of the flower moon etc yeah it, you know, it's interesting when you lay it out and I'm looking at all of these best picture nominees and winners from the 2010s. And I mean, there's definitely years where it's more so than others where, you know, you look at this 2014 and other than American Sniper, it's a lot of small movies, you know, Birdman won. And yes, these movies did more than their production budgets and something like an imitation game made more money than than we remember it did. Mm-hmm. But You've got a lot of sort of like, you know, I think the comparison is always you look back at the glory days of the 90s and those best picture lineups were usually one sort of indie movie, one breaking the waves. And then it's Forrest Gump, (laughs) Pulp Fiction, you know, Few Good Men, and it's big blockbusters that everyone saw. But when you do look at these 2010s, you're right. A lot of big movies were getting best picture nominees. You look at 2015, it's like, the Martian's a huge movie. The Revenant won, and that was a giant movie. No, The Revenant didn't win. See, that's the thing. Spotlight won Best Picture. So <laughs> it's the winners end up being still in the 2010s, not the big movie. So like mm-hmm. that year, Martian was a huge movie. Big Short was successful. Bridge of Spies, you know, made it 70 million. Mad Max Fury Road, huge hit. Revenant, giant hit. Mm-hmm. But Spotlight wins, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the next year, Moonlight, great movie I'm not saying it shouldn't have won it, it it deserved to win but that one la la land which was the bigger hit didn't win so i think there's just this sort of thing where the audience has come to accept that 
the winner is going to be the small movie, which is not wrong. Where mm-hmm. none of us are saying that's wrong. None of us are saying Moonlight shouldn't have won Best Picture or Spotlight shouldn't have won Best Picture. Movies that end in light very often should win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you're not getting the blockbuster. You know, The Martian didn't win and the huge movies don't end up winning. So I think that's sort of just sunk into the audience. But you're right. Being a Best Picture nominee usually helps on some level. You know, it helps like, long term if they're still in theaters when the nominations come out obviously it helps and just being that level of quality movie usually does help it in its run um but you're right big movies get nominations but they just don't win as much you know silver linings playbook didn't win best picture remember Mm -hmm. uh wolf of wall street didn't win best picture you know those even though those are giant hits that got nominations Going forward, because, you know, you were asking about the future, if this is going to continue or or we're going to be back to pre-pandemic. It all just really depends on how much cultural cachet the Oscars and the Academy can Mm -hmm. regain. Because right now at this moment, you know, we love the Oscars. We said this off Mm -hmm. mic. We wouldn't be on this show if we didn't love the Oscars. We talk about box office. (laughs) We love box office. The other thing that me and Pat talk about the most, other than box office, is oscars Mm -hmm. this season i mean we don't do it well we do it pretty much all year round but we don't go on you know on mic with it Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. right now this is prime time for us this is we're talking oscar movies we're loving it this is great and there's people like us but you know we're not spring chickens i'm gen x he's a millennial and so you're not but that's okay we're still oldsters it doesn't matter the youngsters they have to find a way to make the oscars matter and i think it's possible because when you look at broadcast television what does well live sports Mm -hmm. live things things that you can't miss things that you must watch as much as saturday night live gets you know saturday night dead whatever you want to say (laughs) that still gets ratings better than most or all of your situation comedies Mm. that are on television because why it's live. Anything could happen. The Oscars needs to find a way to really tap into this young audience Mm. and make them understand that this is a big thing and this is a meaningful thing and it's a fun thing. And the thing that you love and the thing that you went and dressed up in pink to see Mm-hmm. And the movie that you went to see that had the big bomb explosion, that was the first adult movie you got to see that was an actual film and not a Marvel movie. These things could win awards and these things could be celebrated. That needs to mean something. And if it doesn't, then this, you know, the Oscar nominations aren't going to mean anything for the future of this box office for wow. these movies. It's just not. I mean, you know, to go back to how this episode started. Taylor Swift, the Eras tour of the movie, maybe it should get in the best picture 10. I mean, honestly, <laughs> why not? Or, or like you said, if it's eligible as a documentary, get this movie in there because that you're how do you get young people to care about the Oscars? Mm. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift and Super Mario. So that best song category better be three songs from the Super Mario Brothers movie, three songs from Barbie. So you Taylor can only have Swift, two, but yeah. <laughs> mix it up, five songs mm-hmm. from those two movies, and Taylor no, Swift. No, it's going to be Peaches. You got to have Jack Black singing Peaches on that Oscar stage. You got to have the Ken song, and you got to get Taylor Swift 
to be part of this Oscars, whether it's as a nominee or as the opening act, because they're the host. Let's. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I mean, this, the the NFL is doing all it can to get her to be the the halftime act. The Oscars mm. should be getting her to be part of the Oscars because she's as much a part of the this year's theatrical uh, story as mm-hmm. any other person in Hollywood. Taylor mm-hmm. Swift did as much for the the movie business as anyone who's not Greta Gerwig, Christopher Nolan, Margot Robbie. You know, she's in that handful of people who mattered for movies this year. She mm-hmm. should be front and center at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm, I'm rooting for it. I'm with you uh, on a lot of these things. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if Oppenheimer and Barbie are gonna get picked to win. I, I would doubt it right now, to be honest with you. But I'm still hopeful that there's enough of a presence there and enough, enough wins on the card that fans will be happy. But okay, I mean, speaking of the rest of this award season slate, I wanna, I wanna finish up with you guys here. We're gonna rapid fire lightning round over under segment, and I wanna keep us like short. But I, de- I definitely want to know what you're bullish and what you're bearish on out of these potential fall films that have the prestige factor going for them mm-hmm. that they could be nominated for Oscars. So let's start with the holdovers. Paul Giamatti, Alexander Payne, $30 million acquisition from Focus Features. I'm giving it a $75 million worldwide box office number. Pat and Clayton, are you over or are you under? I feel like I'm under, mm-hmm. but... I think it could do that. I mean, you look at Alexander Payne, other than downsizing, he's a he's a hit maker. And mm-hmm. Nebraska. Nebraska was small. But Descendants and Sideways, About Schmidt, those were all just legit hit movies for adults. Mm-hmm. They all made around 70 to 80 domestic. They all got to over 100 million. You know, Descendants did 175. And George Clooney is a star, but George Clooney is not a guaranteed hit maker. So I don't put it totally on him. So holdovers is definitely feel smaller than the sideways descendants about Schmidt run. Yeah. But I think it could do 75 worldwide if it's as I mean, listen, me and Clayton are so in the pocket for this oh. movie. It's it's it this is our movie. Yeah. Yeah. This is so in I mean, and we're 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 generation pig vomit. G- Giamatti is an yeah. iconic star for us. WNBC, so, of course. And so uh I'm gonna go under, but I'm gonna go not much under. And mm-hmm. I still think that this is gonna be a success for this size of film. Yes. Okay. All right, go right to the bike riders, Austin Butler, Tom Hardy, Jody Comer, Michael Shannon. We've seen the trailers, we've heard the accents, and yet I'm still wondering if this could be a hit. Budgeted at $40 million, I'm going to say $120 million worldwide. That would make it profitable. The bike riders, 120 over or under. Oh, I'm going, I, I mean, if we're talking worldwide, because we usually do domestic, mm-hmm. I'm going to say over. Mm-hmm. And the reason Good. being is because you got Elvis in this, mm-hmm. right? This movie, and we've talked about this, me and Pat, and I don't want to steal your thunder, Pat, but when I initially heard about this movie, I thought it was going to be some artsy movie. This is a meat and potatoes movie. Mm -hmm. This is a movie for a general audience. And I think this Elvis kid, you know, uh, Austin (laughs) Butler. He's got a bright future. Yes. Women of all ages (laughs) love this young man. Tom Mm -hmm. Hardy's going to bring in the dudes. 
Judy Comer, she's a she's a uh, an actor who has done a lot of good stuff yeah. and is really good in movies. And it's like fifties greaser stuff. I mean, you may see, uh, you know, that sort of style coming back into vogue because of this movie. We might yeah. see, you know, the Fonzie leather jackets. We might see that sort of thing. I mean, it could be Happy Days all over again. It could be in the seventies all over again with these like you know, 50s revitalization. Wow. Yeah. If you start seeing TikToks about how to roll up a box of cigarettes in your sleeve, then mm-hmm. bike riders is is oh. taken off. If pomade <laughs> starts flying off the shelves. Yeah. I think the, <laughs> the problem with this is probably more so than for something like the holdovers is if the SAG strike is still going and Austin oh. Butler can't actually promote mm-hmm. it, then I don't know how you judge, gotcha. predict what this could do. He he's the key. I mean, more, yes. Jodie Comer is a good actress. Tom Hardy mm-hmm. is 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 a star when he's Venom, but people are going to go because Austin Butler's in it. But they got to know he's in it. So if he's mm-hmm. not out there promoting it, if he's gotcha. not eating the hot wings on hot ones, got to eat know, the wings. Then <laughs> I like then the this, caveat. Yeah, then then that that's a big problem for this movie. Um, Him and Jody have to sit down and eat uh, snacks from the U.S. and snacks from the U.K. Yeah, in order to promote this movie. And if they don't get a chance to do that, that mm-hmm. is going to be disappointing for this box office. So yeah, with yeah. that caveat, I mean, if the sex strike's still going on, then I have to go under. But if he's eating hot wings, they're doing the snack wars. Sky's the limit for this one, I think. Yeah. All right. I'll, we'll move on to poor things. We've talked about it a few times. Emma Stone, Yorgos Lanthimos. I, I just reviewed it. I'm going to say $60 million worldwide. Now, that is low, especially when you consider that the budget's $70 million. However, the favorite did $95 million. A lot of Yorgos movies have gone under. I wonder that if the trailer's just too freaking weird for people. Now, I've seen this movie, and it's a, an empowering feminist statement, fist in the air. It's also like she's naked for an hour of it, like I said. Mm-hmm. It, I'm wondering if all the perverts show up, and and that boosts the bobo. I'm not sure. Well, Pat, I, I don't mean, know. Do you, want to speak, uh, do you want to speak on behalf of the perverts, or do you want me to? I mean, either of us could. I think we could give a joint statement uh, <laughs> yeah. on behalf. <laughs> I I think that... You know, is the pervert audience as large as it was in the 90s? You know, because in the 90s, that pervert audience <laughs> is, you know, sliver and basic instinct and, yeah. and just perv movie after perv movie. It's not as powerful now. It can't mobilize as easily the perverts. Mm-hmm. They're more, you know, the perverts are more easily distracted and homebound than they were in the right. height of 90s box office. <laughs> Um, but it's, 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 I mean, when you say the middle hour is nudity, you know, that's the kind of message that could really crack the (laughs) computer screens of these perverts Mm -hmm. and, and get to them 60 as the worldwide over under, because now we're also factoring European perverts. So I think that helps a lot. They're still mobilized. They're, They're riding their bikes around. They're going to the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think then I think it could do 60 because it, the, the French perverts, Italian, I mean, Italian perverts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't Very we good. don't have. Yeah. You don't get the <laughs> Russian perverts right now because of, of you know, the right. war situation. They're so occupied. They're 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the Italian and French perverts are That's really going to help this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and Emma Stone I also is think, slightly yeah. trying to promote this. She's going to premieres of short films by Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah. So she's trying to let people know middle hour is all nudity, but she just can't, again, she can't say it on a late night show. She can't say that <laughs> while doing a Neil Young impression with Jimmy Fallon, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I do think also Emma Stone is, is a star Good. and people will go see an Emma Stone movie it is a reunion of the favorite, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the director and the star of that film. I'm going to go over because yeah. of the international here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It could it could do 58 million international. Oh, wow. You know, like who knows? It could, Or worldwide, I mean. It, it could do most of that money worldwide. And you were in France, Pat. I mean, they could set up where, you know, you have to put the quarters in. Uh, right continuously to watch this movie they, that's yeah, something that or or lira or whatnot yeah okay. yeah no they're they're such a movie town and they they also show movies in stalls so i i think yeah france is really going to help out this box office all right in a terrible transition the worst of the episode for certain uh, we have a very important <laughs> film to talk about next american fiction which mm. uh Again, Jeffrey Wright, Issa Rae, Tracy Ellis Ross won the TIFF Audience Award. The TIFF Audience Award Ooh, winner was nominated at the last nine Oscars for Best Picture. So this would be the Oscars bump movie, in my opinion. Right. This is yes. a sleeper Best Picture contender. Could this hang, have the legs? I'm saying 70 million worldwide. I mean, that's bullish, but what do you think? That's that's pretty high. It's high, like yeah. this feels like I so just in terms of Oscar prognosticating, I mm-hmm. am feeling like this is what's going to get in there amongst mm-hmm. the art movies. I think the holdovers is getting in. I think that's sort of like beyond art house movie. I think mm-hmm. American fiction winning the audience award at TIFF puts it above the anatomy of the fall, maybe even has gotten past past lives in sort of that group of movies i think past lives is dead sorry i think past lives it's got problems unfortunately 12 million well the box office 12 million or 14 million on a 12 million dollar budget right (laughs) so i think american fiction gets in there for best picture it would have to play do what studio was this is this oh i i want to say it's mgm okay so that's tough you know if it was like searchlight uh, something like that, that or focus features that you would feel like, all right, they know how to play this. I'm very interested to see this. You know, I mm-hmm. love the subject matter, you know, a movie about book publishing. Let's do it. It's supposed uh, to be a funny crowd pleaser. That's what we keep hearing. But yeah, yeah I mean, listen, audience award, mm-hmm. weird comparison here, but Green Book. And you know, mm-hmm. Green Book did its its what it did over a hundred oh, million worldwide. Oh, you know, way, two, so over two hundred million, million yeah, something like yeah. that. So maybe it, it's it's tough though. Seventy million would be great if this movie hits seventy million worldwide. That's such a, a success. It's going to have to get the Best Picture nomination for sure. Then right. I think that's the thing. I think this movie needs that nomination to to really then keep making money in February and March. Ah, uh, quickly. Because mm-hmm. you did such a great job of covering that movie. I'm under, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to have a lot to do with overseas. 
Okay. That makes I sense. just I, I I don't I don't see it having the green book sort of box office uh internationally. It's called American fiction. It's not called international right. fiction. That's the thing. Right. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. I'm also worried about the international box office for the color purple. And the color purple could be a sleeping giant at this mm -hmm. year's Oscars. I mean, you got Oprah, Spielberg, Quincy Jones producing it. You got a loaded cast of so many Broadway stars. Uh, Fantasia Barino could pop in Best Actress in that category. Taraji P. Henson could take supporting. You got her, John Batiste, The Little Mermaid, Halle Bailey, mm -hmm. Coleman Domingo. However, I'm worried about like the Christmas release musical movies. Like the last two times they've tried it, I want to dance with somebody. The Whitney Houston biopic, $59 million, and Cats which was a $90 million budget and a $75 million worldwide box office. Obviously, 2018, 2017, you got Mary Poppins Returns. You got The Greatest Showman's. Those were right. huge hits. And you go back to Les Mis, et cetera, playing over Christmas. It doesn't necessarily have to be a happy musical, even though this does seem like an empowering, you know, kind of re-examining of the Color Purple story. So it's not going to be the bummer of all that suffering from the original 1986 film. So I, I wonder, I don't know what to put for an over-under. Maybe you can help me set the lines. I'm going to say $90 million worldwide. I don't know what the budget is. I'm guessing it looks great. I'm guessing it's a heftier budget, but I'm worried about this film being profitable. $90 million, color, the color purple. I think it's got to be bigger than that. I mean, I think I think this movie, you know, we I totally blanked on this. This could be another, if, if this... If everything breaks right for the color purple, this could be a huge hit movie. It's not going to be Barbie or Oppenheimer, but this could be a huge movie that gets best picture and also is a box office hit. And I think the recent musical failures around Christmas are an aberration okay. because Christmas time is such a great time for families going to the movies, people in general going to see mm. something that feels big. Mm -hmm. You know, even go to something like Into the Woods in 2014. That was a huge hit that came out on yeah. December 26th, came out on Christmas Day. And this was a, you know, it was a Broadway show. I think it ran for a number of years. So it is IP, as, as gross as that may be to say, this is IP. Yeah. I think this movie could do 100 domestic if things break. Oh, right. wow. Because, yeah, because of the holiday corridor. And if Aquaman stumbles yeah okay. you know and the, you hear nothing good about aquaman right now <laughs> yeah. and so something's got to do well around christmas mm -hmm. you know there's no avatar there's does no oh i think I mean, so people gotta go i i i think so and i think aquaman by default is going to do better than it should because it's going to come out around christmas but people are going to go see movies in the end of december and Color Purple is a big IP, and if it's good, and if people respond to the songs, I think it could do really well. No, Pat, I'm going to say West Side Story, and I know, I know it was a different time. A different time. 2021 yeah. is different situation. I, I get it. I, get I think it. a year but... later, West Side Story does a lot better. Also, the lead and that movie was unpromotable. There was right. a lot true, going on there. True, 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 true. But I'm still worried about it. And the thing with Oprah is like, Oprah means so much to us. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we know about the law, you know, the lawsuit with the meat industry. We we know these we things. Loved it. Yeah, we mm -hmm. loved it. But 
again, not to be, you know, beating this drum, because I usually, unless I'm talking about box office or Oscars, I never think about young people. I don't. But <laughs> um, young people, like, what does Oprah mean to anybody under the age of 35? Okay. That is my question. That's I don't know if that is the blockbuster name mm-hmm. that it used to be, where... Ten years ago, if you're talking about color purple with Fantasia Barino and Oprah, people are, you know, riding in the streets, right? They're going nuts. They're like, you know, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this. This year, 2023, I don't know about this. Now, the musical you said was successful. So that's one of those things Mm -hmm. where it's like not a lot of people in this country are are lucky enough to live in the greatest city in the world, which is New York City, and Mm -hmm. be able to afford tickets to an actual musical around Christmas time, right? So there could be that benefit. Now, of course, Cats, you know, Cats was a disaster, but Cats was one of those <laughs> long running shows that did a lot of, you know, uh, ticket sales when it came to the musical on Broadway. It did Buffa Broadway. But does this translate? I'm going to go under on this just because I, I, I don't I, I think it was it's going to do uh, a good box office, but I don't think it's going to be a huge hit. OK. Well, I, I really appreciate you guys going over time with me here, and uh, I'll finish with this last question. Wondering what you think might be a sleeper hit. Speaking of Christmas Day releases, we got Ferrari, the Adam Driver is in a, a doing an Italian accent again movie. We have Saltburn, Barry Keoghan of the Banshees of Inishirin, Living with the Rich, and Jacob Elordi, and we got, you know, Carrie Mulligan, Rosamund Pike. It looks very cool. Uh, I hear a lot of good things. Priscilla, I can't wait to see the Priscilla Presley perspective on the Elvis story. Uh, 824 behind that. 824 also behind All of Us Strangers. I think this could be a sleeper hit. Myself, I just saw it. It's a it's a, it's a a romantic ghost story. Paul Mescal and Fleabag's Andrew Scott after Sons Paul Mescal. Origin looks like, and I haven't seen it yet, but Ava, Dunay, Ava DuVernay's Tree of Life starring uh, Anjou mm. Ellis there, which she, she's supposed to be very, uh, she's supposed to be terrific and Oscar worthy in that. Dream Scenario is supposed to be a very funny adaptation like uh, Nicolas Cage movie where he shows up in every single person in the world's dreams. I like that trailer. I saw that, but it's, that that one is the, always the burden of genius you know whatever his movie was i can't even the unbearable burden unbearable of talent or whatever which we love but we can we never love. say the title of the <laughs> nicholas cage problem is people have a hard time remembering is this going to be a good one or is this going to uh, be yeah. wally's wonderland or one yeah, of those is like this you never or wally's wonderland yeah okay. <laughs> yeah his movies all mm-hmm. sort of end up in 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 like a weird like is this good or is this the worst straight to you know VOD action movie ever? Right, right. Uh, otherwise, the Iron Claw wrestling family drama could be tragic though. Zach Efron, Jeremy Allen White of the Bear, the Zone of Interest, Anatomy of a Fall, the Taste of Things. We've talked about these international dramas of that list. What do you think might be a sleeper hit, guys? Pat, do you want to go first on this? Sure. I mean. Before you said it right at the end, the one I was thinking of, and it could be recency bias because I just watched the trailer just dropped and I loved it. And it could be just I'm a I'm a particular fan of the subject matter. Iron Claw could oh, wow. be Good. a for its size. It's A24. 
and mm-hmm. they know how to mobilize the youngsters and and get and the bros <laughs> and it's wrestling and wrestling is in a boom period right now you know for for those who follow that industry it's it's pretty hot mm-hmm. and i it's a story if you were ever going to do a wrestling movie that's the story to do it this von eric family and you got jeremy allen white coming off season two with the bear i'm not saying this is a movie that's going to do 50 million domestic 60 million domestic but this movie gets to 30 i I wouldn't be shocked i wouldn't Mm -hmm. be shocked and it it's a december release right it's yeah comes out december 22nd wide a24 i think that oddly could be a a salt of the earth middle america you know, we call them the 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 plain billies, the stacks dwellers, the earth dogs. Earth dogs. Iron Claw could be could be a big movie Good. there. Good. Yeah. The um, I agree. I love it. Uh, the first trailer's already. They need to release another trailer that is meat and potatoes, and you're gonna get those guys and yeah. gals and people, people covered in soot, like yeah. myself. They'll go see this movie. <laughs> I agree with that. Jeremy Allen White is as hot as ever. I'm going to I'm going to throw one out there Priscilla Good. and the reason I'm saying this is because Sofia Coppola has a lot of fans mm. a lot a lot of fans who have watched her movies on streaming at home this is an opportunity for them to see a uh, a Coppola Sofia Coppola film mm-hmm. in theaters it's the other side of the coin when it comes to Elvis Elvis was a huge hit Elvis is very much in the zeitgeist right now. So I do think this could do very well. Again, it's a 24, correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, they do a great job of marketing. There's people who will just go see a 24 movies because they're a 24 movies. Uh, the one that I would love to be a hit and mm-hmm. I don't think it will be, but I think it's going to be talked about is Saltburn. I think that's a movie I'm so excited to see it because it's one of those movies where people are saying, don't learn anything about it. People are going to hate it. It's, right. you know, Oscars. It might just completely bomb at the Oscars because it's too uh, edgy and controversial or whatever. But it might be That's rad. a movie I'm interested in, <laughs> but I don't know what the box office of it's going to be. And uh, Ferrari, Michael Mann's first movie in a very long time. Mm. We'll see if that holds any weight. I hope it's a hit, but I don't. Uh, I, I don't think it will be a hit. Yeah, we love Adam Driver. He's a great actor, love but he is not taken off as a put butts in the seats movie star. No. So up and yeah, down. Yeah, but, but down. Ford V Ferrari was such a hit. But now we'll see. Was the Ford V that the real draw there? We will Listen, find out. Mean yeah. potatoes. It was the Ford that brought the butts to the seats. It was the Ford. Yeah, <laughs> because we were rooting for Ford. Remember. Right. We right. were. And the Italians are all going to be mobilizing the pervs to see uh, uh, poor things. Right. Poor, things. poor things. So they might not. Yes, we will. I mean, yeah. they will. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Guys, I thank you again. This was so much fun. Uh, yeah. And uh, Pat Clayton, you know, please let my listeners um, and Mike's listeners, I'll, I'll include him there, I guess. Let, you know, yeah. let, let them know uh, where they can find you on the internet, uh, your social medias, all that good stuff. Send them out. Sure. So, I mean, the main thing is the podcast. So wherever you're listening to Mike, Mike and Oscar, you can listen to the VO boys. So go subscribe, download the episodes twice a week. We do weekend previews, weekend recaps, 
and uh, cover cover the the movie box office industry all year round. We're also on YouTube, so the show is there, and on social media, we're we're at the Bo Boys Pod on Twitter X and uh, on TikTok, and we've got our intern wannabeo senior intern Christopher killing it with the vertical videos. So you got mm-hmm. clips on at the Bo Boys Pod on social media, but the podcast is the main thing. So go listen to the podcast. Well, words of wisdom today. Follow Pat and Clayton. And uh, otherwise, what's coming next from from us here at MMO, uh, I'll do a New York Film Festival wrap-up show. I just saw Maestro in May-December, and uh, I'll review a few other films as well. Otherwise, uh, thank you again, guys. And I won't use your catchphrase. I'll leave that for the BO boys. But I do think we nailed it today. I appreciate it. Nailed it. We nailed it.